Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Okay, welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. So we're going to be focusing on a email I received actually just prior to the show. And she preempted with this email that I received. And Jane Gray, thank you for sending this email. I think you're going to be surprised that we preempted our topic because I think it was just such an awesome email and such a great thing for us to focus on for the sake of the podcast. Um, so that's what we're going to do. So we have no notes. So Julie and I are going to be basically mm-hmm. coaching you guys live to the specific topic that of this that this email, uh, the juices that she got flowing in my head because it really is something that all of you should be aware of, um, and her email really gets to the heart of a lot of the decision making that agents need to be making this time of year. So Julie, welcome to today's show. Yes, thank you, and I'm just reading through what you sent me right now, so it should be an interesting show. <laughs> That's right. Do you have any folks you'd like to acknowledge or anything you'd like to say before I just read her email? Uh, no, we can we can proceed. It's all good. I'll, I'll do some shout outs. Okay. Tomorrow. Go ahead. All right, good. All right, so here's the email, okay? And literally, I received this nine minutes ago, and this is not – I haven't done this before. Julie's catching up now. We were going to talk about more coming soon strategies. We'll do that tomorrow. So, hi, Tim. I listened to your podcast and read your book, and both are great. I will say that your bashing of Zillow isn't entirely accurate. They screwed me, yes, but I still made money. The reason why was because I live in Sacramento and we are getting crazy migration from San Francisco Bay Area where people are cashing out of houses that are not worth the prices. I hear that all the time, but they're selling for millions and they're coming to our market. By the way, uh, Jane and everybody else, a lot of those uh, folks are moving out of state. As you guys know, there's a huge migration of California people that have basically won the real estate lottery that are moving to Texas, uh, moving to Oregon, moving just basically to the Midwest. So there's a lot of folks that have changed the financial trajectories of their life because of the crazy market you guys have been experiencing. But I will get back to the email. We are about a, a two-hour two car ride. And so they shop online first and they pick their realtor that way. I used Zillow from, and she gave us the dates and spent about $22,000 and I, and she got the following. I'm not going to read the client's names and the transactions, but she had very good documentation. And then she goes on to say, they gave me great leads at first. And then I got mobile homes and rentals about a half, a halfway through, but I did make money. I'm not using them now. And I'm uh, competing for listings and buyers with fully saturated slate of agents. I actually close. Uh, I'm, I'm actually close to hanging up the towel and calling it quits after three years in the business. I came from the tech industry. I uh, made the Masters Club every year, but the insanity of the competition right now is pathetic. Uh, I just had a buyer uh, lose out on a home where another buyer paid fifty thousand over the comps. That's our market. By the way, Jane, let's see if that actually appraises. It might come back for sale. Just know that Zillow doesn't work. Uh, does work sometimes, even when you're competing with other agents. The same leads. It just bugs me when you say it doesn't work anymore because it does. Then she says dot dot dot. Sometimes keep up the good work. So I like Jane's email because she is being really transparent, really honest, and she is giving me an opportunity to hopefully expand her thinking about really what the true cost of leads are. So I responded back to her, but then I thought, what the heck? This would make a great show. Um, 
And so here's what I said back. And I haven't sent this to you yet, Jane, so if you're listening live. Um, hi, thanks for the email. Uh, the aspect of this mental equation that you may not be taking into consideration is your time. How much time did you spend overall to earn the $61,000 before taxes and expense? Don't forget the time you spent chasing the leads that never went anywhere. I bet the ratio of lower quality leads has to be 50 to 1. 50 people who will take your time on the phone and digitally versus one that actually becomes a client. Maybe the ratio is lower, but you get the idea. That time has value, right? And so I hadn't finished the email, then the show started. So here's where I'm going with this, guys. I want you to think like business owners, and Jane's obviously a very smart gal, but I want you guys to think like business owners, and I want you to realize that what you're selling, I mean, aside from your expertise and all that good stuff, is you're selling your time. And you know, there's zillions of people that, you know, doctors, everybody, they basically you're selling your time. At the end of the day, that's all you have to sell. And... Um, you guys will realize this as a lot of you who are millennials who are listening. As you get older, that time, it becomes even more valuable. You become more acutely aware of how you utilize your time, how much time you are spending doing various activities. It sort of becomes innate, which is fascinating. So I want you guys to listen to what Julie and I are going to present to you today. This is not a prepared podcast, and we're going to have an honest conversation to help you kind of break through and demystify, I think, a lot of the ways that you should be thinking about lead generation. And I, and Jane and everybody else, I get why you're thinking what you're getting. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to start out, guys, by uh, giving you, um, I'm going to actually make up her numbers. I just said one of her numbers, but I'll make them up. So she spent, let's just say, around uh, $20,000 on lead generation from Zillow, and she grossed, after her broker split, 61000 So on paper, she made money, right? But here's what she's not taking into consideration. Here's what I want you guys to think about. And then we're going to give you the pivot, how you can basically define what you're going to be doing with your day for lead generation, start making more money. Uh, I'm All these were bought by our leads, I'm going to assume. I'm assuming none of these leads, she sent me six um, that were uh, all, I assume, buyer sides. And so those buyer side transactions um, were require just a tremendous amount of time. Julie says, and you guys can read this in Harris Rules, that you know when you're essentially buyers are physical labor, working with sellers is mental labor. In other words, when you're working with buyers, you have to go through all the pain and frustration that she's describing in her second paragraph about getting overbid and all the rest of it. So Jane, the first thing I want you to think about is you need to go on the other side of the transaction and become a listing agent. You're obviously a smart gal. You can do this. You've got a background in the tech industry. I'm guessing you've sold before. So you to pivot and focus all your best energies on being a listing agent just makes sense. Julie, you want to interject something? I kind of get a sense that you're brewing to say something. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I always point out to these, this, this, we have a lot of this that comes out in Premier Coaching with our daily coaching calls, situational things where you're on the buyer side and because your buyer wasn't willing to go 50 grand over the comps, which is insane. Sure they were well qualified. I've heard even worse than that, especially right out of that market. Um, but you know, even though they were well qualified, they have their lender's letter in place. They're not contingent on anything. They love the house. Everything else is in alignment, right? But because they wouldn't do that, you don't have a buyer side transaction closing anytime soon. You've got to go buy. You've got to go find more inventory for that buyer. Now let's contrast that with the listing agent, who not only has that in contract, albeit with a potential appraisal problem on the horizon. Okay but they probably have one, two, maybe even three backup contracts. So that, that listing is good and sold. That listing agent absolutely not only has a closing coming up, but also now can run their advertising saying sold in less than 22 seconds for a hundred and whatever percent of list price 
ask about my proven home selling system, that type of thing that we teach our listing agents to do. So it's not just that the listing agent wins every time, it's that they have more to work with. They have more leads coming in. They have buyer leads coming to their sign. They've got backup offers. They've got people who are calling them right now where they're saying it's in contract, but tell me more about your situation. And they find out that that buyer call has a listing that they've got to sell first. So that's where my mind goes with this. Jane, and but if you the keep answer it, is always more listings. Go ahead. Jane, if you keep this super practical and you look at the fact that what your time, like how much time did you spend? I'll pick a random name. Let's, you know, on Johnson, let's say. How much time did you actually spend to earn that $7,600 off that side? How much, how much you know, money did you spend in fuel and maybe buying them lunch? And you factor in all the actual effort that went into just that one sale and you divide by the amount of time. Now, most agents don't keep track of how much they actually spend on a buyer side, but it's, you know, it's not a small amount of time. It's usually, Julie and I did the study, I don't know, probably 10 years ago now, that essentially proved that the average buyer side transaction takes something like 10 times the amount of time that a listing does. Because when you list, what you have to do, like Jane and everybody else, today is the seventh, but go back just seven days and look to see how many listings were expiring, even in these crazy hot markets, or how many for sale by owners, or how many um, just, there's all kinds of different sources of business you guys could be chasing on, as far as listings go. Uh, look to see how many just expired there were on the last day of last month and the first day of this month. Now, in super hot markets, there's not going to be a lot, but there's not none. Isn't that interesting? How about for rent by owners? We mentioned Zillow. Zillow's got a really cool thing called Make Me Move. Why don't you go there and see how many owners are posting their houses over a glass of wine at night saying, if some fool will pay me this amount of money, I'll sell the house. Well, you guys might find a lot of folks actually price their houses shockingly well and be willing to sell for a number that you could easily sell for. Those are great listing leads. There's probate listings. There's, there's, there's so many listing sources of business. Now, what a lot of agents don't understand is that going after the listings right now is easier than chasing the buyers. I'm going to say that again. When you chase the, the, the buyers, you're having to experience what Ms. Gray is having to experience, having your ass handed to you because that's just a crazy competitive market. And when you, have agent, when you have buyers that are moving out of San Francisco or these other markets, they can strike the check and write the check for over appraisal. They don't give a crap. They basically won the real estate lottery and they're going to spend it all on Disneyland. You know, they're going to buy everybody they know a new car. I mean, it's that kind of mentality. So yeah, they'll go over appraisal. They'll write the check. Most of these, these types. So in those situations, you really can't win unless you have a buyer that has the ability to do the same thing. So why don't you chase? Here's the thing. When you have listings, you don't have to buy buyer leads, that's for sure. Listing agents are going to have consistency of cash flow. Listing agents can basically, you know, double into a lot of their listings, make a lot more money. When you're working with the buyers and you factor in the amount of time you're spending, not just on the ones that close, but the ones that don't close, the time waster leads, which, I mean, I'm making up my ratios and Jane's going to know better than me, or maybe she doesn't because she hadn't kept track. But if you were to keep track of how many conversations over text, over Facebook, over email, over phones, over all these types of things. In a market like that, how many conversations you have with just various people that don't work out and you factor it and you think about your time, it is shocking how much time is wasted chasing buyer leads in a market like this. Put all your, look, you will have to transition. Uh, well, it, assuming you do transition from being a buyer's agent primarily to a listing agent, you'll have to always have a handful of good buyers, but make sure the buyers are maybe the sellers that have to move up to have houses for sale. And the other thing we didn't even talk about is obviously your centers of influence and past clients. None of these sources, when Premier Coaching 
We don't uh, advocate, as a rule, buying leads. Why? Not because bought buyer leads don't sometimes work out. They can. And let's just, I'm going to put it under, Jane said something about us bashing Zillow. You know, we don't bash Zillow necessarily. What we do is we bash agents that don't know how to do anything other than but basically buy leads from Zillow. That's the truth. So if you don't know how to do anything else other than buy leads, and you and, and I, I don't necessarily blame you guys because so many of you came into the business since 2007 and no one is telling you any different but Julie and I and everywhere you turn, everyone's saying buy buyer leads. But guys, everybody who's telling you to buy or buyer leads has a dog in the fight. We don't. We don't. We want you to be successful. We want you to make profit. And with that profit, we want you guys to get rich so you can reinvest that profit and make it so your money's working for you and you no longer have to work for your money. That's our goal. We're not trying to basically, you know, have you guys go to a convention that's sponsored by Zillow and get you to buy Zillow leads. Does that sound familiar to some of you? I know it does. And Zillow is a brilliant business. Spencer and his team have worked. If they did, if they, oh my God, look what those people have done. It's incredible. One of the most impressive businesses, let alone real estate businesses that there ever was is Zillow. But from an agent's perspective in, in a market like this, it's almost impossible to make any profit from it if you look at the actual amount of money you're making per hour. So if you start factoring in all the effort you're spending chasing those buyer leads and the amount of money you're, amount of money you're paying to generate those buyer leads, most agents are making less than 30 bucks an hour on bought buyer leads in most markets. Now, with that said, you could be, though I doubt it, but you could be someplace in the country where uh, there's not a lot of competition, where there's not a lot of agents buying Zillow leads, where it's basically you know, virgin territory, unfarmed ground, where those bought Zelloids could be gold. They could be, I doubt it, but they could be. In those particular marketplaces, you know, if it's working for you, keep doing it. If, by the way, guys, we don't summarily tell you to, we don't say, don't do this ever. We, don't, we never say that. That's just, if we did that, we'd be dumbasses. If you're doing something that's working and it's making you money, and it actually is making you money, not just passing money from one hand to the other, if you've actually taken a business approach and thought through this, the last thing we're going to tell you to do is stop doing it. You could be doing something that's totally, completely bizarre that would never work in any other market, but you have a coaching call with Julie and I or one of our coaches, and you're making money from it, and it's working. We're not going to tell you to stop doing it. We're going to tell you to do it. Maybe it show you how to enhance doing it so you make more money from it. So to try to say that, oh, Tim and Julie are against Zillow, bought you know, leads, not necessarily. We're, bought, we're against agents who don't know how to do anything other than buying leads. And frankly, we're against an industry in industry gurus and other quote unquote coaches that tell people to only buy leads. That's asinine because there's so many other ways to generate business yourself without ever having to pay for it. Jules? Yes. I actually had one of our premier coaching clients say that their broker said to them, well, you know, prospecting and building your center of influence, oh, those are things that only new agents do until they can afford to buy leads. Like, how does that sentence even make any sense remotely? I, I just, it's crazy. So you're right. Sometimes it's not their fault. And I, I think that, you know, with anything lead generation, to your point, if it's something that you're doing that maybe, you know, is bizarre or we've never even heard of, but you can track it and you're not using the argument that, well, I broke even on it because breaking even is not breaking even. Breaking even, you lost your time to break even on the money, which is not the same thing. But assuming that you can track it and you know your results, in some cases, some things work that generally we're against, like buying leads. I have an agent in Chicago that does do pretty well with Zillow. Now, 
I would say that 50% of her success is because she is so Johnny on the spot with the follow-up that if anybody else is even blinking realtor-wise, they, they don't, you know, she's already got them converted if they're convertible, meaning using the pre-qualification script, and you know, working with them before the other agent even calls them back. So yes, in some markets, in some cases, it works. And it's not just Zillow, it's anything you can really um, look at a big purchase on. You've got to be able to track that. So I think ultimately, the answer is always the same though. Become a listing agent and you're more likely to win again and again and again. Now, the next question is, well, how do I become a listing agent? And to Jane's point, it's a very competitive market. So when she does have a listing lead, she's competing for that. And that's why you've really got to make sure you've got things like a kick-ass listing package. Well, you know? yeah. um, so you're, Joel, well, so I'm trying what to take she, her full circle to being a listing I, agent and getting her out of the roundy round. But go ahead. So, guys, what Julie's touching on and where Jane and everyone else needs to start pivoting is the reality that there's actually less competition on the listing side of the business because the agents don't know how to chase it. Most agents don't have the sales skills to go after listings. Most agents don't even know what a pre-listing pack is, let alone having one. Most agents don't have the first, you know, here's the shocking part. When you get into the business now, nobody tells you this. <laughs> you have to list the last. This is one of the first things that people – I, anyone who's been in the business for more than 10 years knows that you have to list the last, but nowadays no one tells you guys that because you are do, all this Mickey mouse about buying leads, about teams, about branding. You guys think that stuff's new. <laughs> you really do. It's been around forever. That stuff's been around longer than Julie and I've been in the business. We've been in the business two decades plus. So in that time, we've seen all this stuff. It, it's just trendy. Whenever the economy is good and agents are making money, you see the increasing of agent branding and agent ego stuff. And as soon as the market tightens up, what happens is all those agents, they go away. They don't, because they can't afford to continue buying leads. And that's what scares me is that you guys don't, a lot of you don't have perspective because you haven't been in the business long enough to know what happens when the market tightens up. Jane, what you're describing is exactly what happened basically about mid-year, midway through 2006, virtually all over California, where the market was, and anyone who's been in the business you know, back then, it was this exact same. All the stuff that's happening with these you know, crazy offers and these people just making these insane over asking price offers and buyers having to basically write love story letters to the sellers and giving them fruit baskets and all this crap. I mean, that's exactly what was happening right before the wheels came off the wagon. Now, Am I predicting a recession? Of course, there's going to be a recession. Do I predict there's going to be a real estate crash in some markets? There should be. There will be. There has to be. Because there won't, if interest rates increase, which they are, uh, and inflation increases, which it will, that means you're going to have a slowing of the housing market, which means what's going to happen. Inflation does affect positively the cost of real estate. But if interest rates rise at the same time, which they are, you're going to have a slowing market, an adjusting market. The markets that have the high, look, it, guys, it's not, this isn't new information. If you've been listening to us for a while, go back three years. Well, really two years. The market has slowed down already all across the country. I, we're putting up an article today that up in Canada, it's the, like Vancouver, I think, the market's off 30% year over year. It's already, no, where do you go with this information? Become a listing agent. The answer is always become a listing agent. Because Jane and everybody else, if you had 10 listings, five listings, three listings right now, tell me how you'd feel. Man, your phone would be ringing off the hook with free buyer leads. 
you'd have potentially those sellers that want to buy something. You'd have the neighbors calling. You could do all kinds of things to generate more business. All you've got to do is, you know, I make it sound simple, but it really truly is because everybody else is chasing the buyer leads. Nobody knows anymore how to basically go after sellers. And those of you guys who have been told, well, you get the listings from the buyers who you sell and years down the road, they decide to sell their house. And as a center of influence of past clients, that's when you get the sell, that's when you get the listing. How many of you have been told that and believe it? How many have been told you, you have to basically, you know, be in the business for a long period of time before you become a listing agent? Screw that. Become a listing agent the second you get your license. We have literally thousands of agents who've come to us, write fresh licensees, listen to us. Never had not been brainwashed with all this Mickey Mouse that's in our industry now about buying leads, about building teams and all the rest of it. And they just focus on becoming listing agents and making profit. And if you don't hear about them, they don't brag. They keep their heads down. They make their money. You know, we get emails from them. They're coaching clients. They'll send us pictures of their vacations and things like that and thank us. And I, I, wish the, I wish the same for the rest of you guys, because there is, Jane, you're right. There is a level of insanity that's in the marketplace. And I think that's the right word, that it cannot last. It's not, it, it cannot sustain itself. And so if, you know, agents aren't, if you're not on the way to learning how to be a powerful listing agent, how are you going to transition? You're not. Agents aren't. The whole industry won't. And that's what scares, that's what scares Julie and I. That's what we talk about. We, we often throttle ourselves on this podcast because we don't want to seem overly dramatic. We don't want to seem like we're trying to, you know, I don't know, be the, the boy who cried wolf. But the reality of it is, is that we've been through personally four recessions. And the last one is a, was a depression, not a recession, the housing crash. Do I think the next correction is going to be like that? I don't. I don't think any, you know, but there will be a noticeable change in the nature of the market. And the agents who left or who are essentially will be the strong ones are the ones that know how to go out and chase listings. You guys have to learn to proactively lead generate. You have to learn to be really effective at your lead follow-up. You cannot count on bot buyer leads if you expect to survive in this industry. You just can't. You're going to burn yourself out. You're, look, your time is worth more than what you're getting paid to, do, to chase those buyer leads. You literally, your time on this planet is more precious, and it should be more precious to you. I promise you it's more precious to your family you know, than the way you're treating it. Chasing buyer leads, and if you actually were to be honest and you calculate how much actually you're getting paid per hour, now again, I know there's some exceptions, but for the most part, you literally would be better off if you worked at Home Depot. Hell, they have health insurance, right? They have probably free coffee and you get that get bitch in orange uh, vest. Yeah, a discount. I mean, I, look, we're trying to make you guys laugh, but just at least challenge yourselves to have the conversation with yourself. And look, I know everywhere around you, people are doing the same thing. They're buying buyer leads. They're going to conventions and learning how to buy a buyer board. They're figuring out how to you know, employ CRMs to manage all their bought buyer leads, blah, 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 blah. And some of you guys are paying people to convert your buyer leads for you because you're too busy. Is that the word? No, I know what it is. You don't have the skills to convert the lead. So now some of you are paying people to convert your bought buyer leads. Have you taken the time to figure out how much money you're making from each of those bought buyer leads after you paid someone to convert it, after you paid your overhead, after you paid after your you broker? After you paid your broker split and your taxes? Yeah. It's like nothing. It's, yeah, the definition of insanity, just saying. It is. In most it's cases. sad. But it's sad. <laughs> and Julie, yeah, well, I mean, we wrote Harris Rules. We wrote our book trying to basically, you know, I don't even know what the word would be, but trying to basically you know, tell the truth is what we wanted to do. We wanted to shock the industry. 
We wanted to give the industry and agents who want a clear path to building wealth, to basically being of service to other people, to have sanity. You know, we wanted to give them a clear path to follow that made complete intuitive sense. And that's the reason I think the show and our book resonates with so many people, because it does make complete intuitive sense. We don't tell you guys to do these mystical, complicated 14-step lead follow-up systems with direct mail and digital things and flying balloons over their house. And, you know, I'm, look, guys, we, again, just trying to, you know, make you laugh. But the truth is, is you guys must know in your hearts that it's the other side of the conversation that you want to have with your wallet is going to be you doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That sucks, what I just said. I know it sucks. I know doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level is about the most complete opposite of what everyone's teaching nowadays, what all the books you've read, with all the gurus are sharing. Oh, if you don't feel good, if it's not making you happy, if it's not your passion, you shouldn't be doing it. I mean, how many of you guys actually believe that? Have you thought about that? It's insanity. That's insane. Guys, it's about being of service to other people. It's about doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That is means that you're going to have to set aside at least two or three or five hours a day, and you have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That, yeah, that means that it's going to suck for part of the day. That means it's going to be mentally, you're going to have mental anguish. You're going to have anxiety. It's going to be frustrating as you learn something new. But it doesn't take, as long as you stay consistent on it, what happens on the other side of it? You've broken through. You're no longer dependent on buying buyer leads. It's just like everything else. I mean, the easiest analogy is basically if you wanted to lose weight. You know, there's no magic pill for that, right? Wish there was, but there isn't. So you have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. You have to change your diet. You have to change your output. In other words, the actions you're taking with your body. And over time, not very quickly, unfortunately, over time, your body transforms. Now, how many people start on the path to losing weight and then decide to stop? Most everybody. How many people start on the path of learning to master a skill that will make them rich and they stop? Most everybody. So you have to decide. If you really want something exceptional with your life, if you want to have an exceptional life, you want to have, you know, really the life of your dreams. Remember when you used to think like that? Remember when you were a kid and you used to tell yourself when you were a certain age, this would be what you'd had experience. Remember when you were a kid and you used to tell yourself when you reach a certain age, you would have uh, not have already experienced things, but you'll be looking forward to experiencing more things. What happened? Why'd you give up? Seriously, why'd you give up? Oh, I didn't give up, Tim. I just compromised. I grow my taste change. That's bullshit. You just gave up. You just decide that it's okay to be 30 pounds overweight and be broke all the time. Be two bad months away from basically not being able to make your mortgage payment. You made that decision because you were seduced into the idea that you did not have to do what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it at the highest level. Look, guys, I get it. I totally understand. But I'm trying to tell you the truth. I'm trying to tell you that it does involve, A, having the mindset of service, understanding that our highest and truest purpose on this planet is being of service to other people. And the way you do that is you do master skills that other people are willing to pay for. You know, when you become really good at being a listing agent, you are a problem solver. That is a profound feeling of accomplishment when you can help somebody solve a problem. Look, in a market like what our, you know, Jane was talking about, yeah, houses pretty much sell themselves. I get it. But still, there's a lot of moving parts to getting that transaction done. 
And she's still basically going to be the one that's in charge of making sure all those things happen smoothly so that she can be successful and the check she hands them at closing meets or exceeds their expectations, right? Look, while the market is still good, all of you guys who are wondering if you're going to be in the market after it shifts, and I know that's a lot of you, and you know you're listening, the hundred some thousand plus of you listen on a regular basis, you know what I'm saying is true. All of you have that feeling of what's going to happen when the market changes because it's going to. And when it does, it changes usually over less than 90 days. And then everyone's like, what the hell happened, right? If you were in the market back in 06, 07, that's how it felt for most of you in the marketplaces. You were like, oh my God, what happened? And you told yourself, well, it'll come back. It never did. That just the nature, it's the cycles of things. So if you're wondering what you're going to do when that happens, what you, everything you're doing now to lead generate, post, most everything you're doing now to lead generate won't work. It won't work at the same level. So you're going to have to actually improve your sales skills. You're going to have to master the art of being the best version of you as a salesperson. Yes, I know the word salesperson conjures all kinds of mixed feelings and emotions. But the reality of it is, is the highest paid people in the history of history, Jared, I just said, highest paid people in the history of history have always been salespeople. Every single person who's ever been successful at anything really was a great salesperson. You think about that. Religious leaders, doctors, lawyers, doesn't matter. Presidents, <laughs> that's kind of a funny thought to think about. But yes, they're all salespeople. They all sold you on their ideas. They all sold you on believing in them. They all sold you on their vision of the future. That's what you got to do. You got to see that. You got to see it for what it is. Buying buyer leads basically is, is spoiling you guys into complacency, and that will kill you. That'll be in the end of your career. And then the problem is you'll have lost time. Over the last year, six months, Jane and everybody else, you could have been perfecting becoming a listing agent, and you would have been on a completely different trajectory now. Now, you probably weren't exposed to us then. You probably didn't realize. No one was probably telling you, oh, I'm going to give you all these excuses, most of which are probably true. But now you are. You listen to Julie and I just ramble for 30 minutes about this particular topic that we weren't prepared to present on, but we obviously talk about it a lot with the coaching clients. I want you to seriously consider doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level and making that shift, making that pivot, doing the heavy lifting now. Guys, it's worth it. I promise you. I promise you it's worth it. Listen to our superstar interviews. A lot of those folks, they had, had to go through the same learning process as you. And now how many of them are just living these incredible, I had a call, coaching call this morning <laughs> with Joe and Reno. You guys didn't know his last name, so it doesn't matter. And Joe told me he's thinking about taking two months off this summer. He can. Joe's basically gotten to the point now where he's rich. I've been coaching him personally for about, I don't know, two and a half years. So now he's rich. He doesn't have to work anymore. He can, Well, he doesn't have to work at the level that he did before. He's earned it if he chooses to do that. Why don't you get to that point? Stop looking for the shortcuts. So listen, guys, if you need us for anything, we always read your emails, obviously. Tim at timandjulieharris.com or Julie at timandjulieharris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.